From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrin. Welcome aboard, friends. Glad to have you with us. Hope you'll be with us for the duration. Just opening my mail here. I only found the new mail room here on uh, Zoomerplex at 70 Jefferson in uh, Liberty Village, Toronto. Wandering the halls, trying to figure out where is the mail room? And I finally found it. And I love getting mail. One of the great things about doing this show is the kind of mail I get. I get the most interesting uh, emails and letters and, and packages. And I just opened uh, a package here that came from uh, Texas. And it's my good pal Nick Redfern, who's got another book out. This guy never sleeps. This one's called Monster Files. A look inside government secrets and classified documents on bizarre creatures and extraordinary animals. So I'm looking forward to taking that home. Be a little uh, nighttime reading for me, and we'll have to get Nick Redfern back on the show as soon as we possibly can. Monster Files. Looking forward to that one. And I'm looking forward to uh, the next hour as well. Ever since the Assyrians exiled the ten tribes of Israel in the 8th century BC, the mystery of what happened to them has deepened inexorably with time. Where did they go? Are the claims by contemporary groups who say they're descended from the lost tribes legitimate? Tonight, I welcome two researchers to discuss the identities and whereabouts of those lost tribes and how events currently being played out on the world stage as witnessed by today's headlines are a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. Nelson Thal is an authority on Christian eschatology, a branch of theology concerned with the final events in the history of humankind, as foretold in the Bible. He was trained as a media scientist and has worked as a university lecturer, film, radio, and TV producer, researcher, director. He initially trained under Marshall McLuhan at the University of Toronto. He's a former president of the Marshall McLuhan Center on Global Communications and director of the Center for Media Sciences. He currently serves as researcher for The Conspiracy Show, the television program that you can see on Vision TV. And joining him is Ms. Jane Steele. She's a playwright, researcher, writer, James Joyce scholar, and has produced and co-hosted the popular internet radio show Shock Talk with Bloom and Steele since 2008. Ms. Steele, Nelson Thal, welcome once again to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Great. Nelson? Yeah, very good, Richard. These are wonderful new uh, studios you have. Congratulations. It looks just beautiful. It's starting to feel like home. I absolutely love the new digs. It's great. Welcome. And it's great to be back. Good to have you back. Always been fascinated with uh, biblical prophecy and uh, um, obviously... The uh, We've talked about this uh, an awful lot, Nelson, over the years off the air, but we've never had a discussion on the air, and we're going to do that tonight. And that is the uh, the lost tribes of Israel. We often hear about that. Let's just set the table. Who, When we talk about the tribes of Israel, wh- who are we talking about? Good question. Well, it's midnight. Uh, after midnight, the owners of the system have gone to sleep, and the uh, uh, glass ceilings of free speech have evaporated and we can come out and play a little bit and talk about things like this. So it is exciting because it's not covered much and people aren't ta- – it's not talked about in the major media or even the minor media. And the idea of tribes and tribalisms and what a tribe is and sensing and feeling what a tribe is is something that is not – elucidated or discussed or evoked by the major media as we know. And so this is a new topic for most people that were tribes. They often think of the Algonquin Indians or the Mohawks or, and that's fine. You should, should start to think about how tribes 
that we're going to talk about tonight take on the texture of extended families and the feelings that the tribes have, like the Algonquin Indians, the Mohawks, and the other native people tribes, because the tribes of Israel, etc., are not much different in what they really are, in essence, as the extensions of families and patriarchs. Okay, so let's 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 run the, down the, the list of the of the uh, the twelve, sometimes listed as thirteen tribes, and we'll we'll get into why there's there's some discrepancy, twelve or thirteen. So, Miss Steele, who who were the the, uh, the the tribes of Israel? Okay, we're going to start with Ephraim, and that's uh, Britain. Well, no, before we get into who they who they who have they become, let's just na- oh. list the actual tribes of Israel. Okay, the actual tribes of Israel. So. Sure. Well, first of all, remember the tribes all began with the, the patriarch and. His name was Abraham, and right. Abraham was not only the father of, of the uh, Jews, but the Christians and the Muslims. All right. those three religious entities recognize him. So as the patriarch. So the tribal chief, then the ultimate patriarch is Abraham, and then came Isaac, his son, and then Jacob, uh, his uh, Isaac's son, and Jacob had 12 sons. And basically, Jacob inherited a tremendous amount of wealth, and um, in his will, so to speak, passed it on to his 12 sons, of which one of them was Joseph. And he adopted Joseph's two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, so the 12 became 13. Ah, that's okay. So it's not that there's any discrepancy. It's just a matter of chronologically at what point you're talking, whether before Joseph had his children or after he had his children and his father passed away. Okay, so let's run down the the names of the sure. of the, uh, the twelve tribes. Well, there, we start off with Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Gad, Asher, Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, and Joseph. All right, those are the twelve, the and, thirteen, and these are the, the, the 12, these were sorry. the the the, uh, the sons, and in 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 the case of Joseph, his two children, so the grandchildren and children. Ephraim Manasseh became adopted by the father, so the twelve became thirteen. Right. Of Jacob, tribes. Jacob, who eventually, of course, was renamed Israel. Right. Now, at some point, Israel breaks. Uh, there's, there's, uh, there's two kingdoms. Right. And there's a span of time here. We're talking. Let's just talk about Jacob lived approximately uh, 1500 B.C. Okay. Okay. So at a thousand B.C. Uh, just after the death of Solomon's son, the uh, the tribes split up. Instead of being in one country, uh, twelve, in other words, twelve tribes in one country, what happens is they split into two countries, with three of the tribes going to the south uh, in a country called Judah, J U D A H, capital Jerusalem, and the northern kingdom with ten. Tribes, in other words, the ten, ten brothers went north with their capital at Samaria. So you had ten in the north, three in the south, and the, the ten in the north eventually lost their identity and spread across Europe. And uh, over the period of 2,520 years, uh, coagulated at the end of 2,520 years into various nations that today we can identify them as being. Okay, so we're, we're talking about the ten tribes. When we talk about the lost and found tribes. The tribe of Judah is not lost. Everybody knows where it is. Right, right. It's the other ten tribes. And so how did they, how did that happen? How did they first, uh, sort of lose their identity? Or how did they get lost? 
Ms. Steele. Well, Syria attacked Israel and took them captive. And that was in 721 B.C. or 722 B.C. It just depends. I think it's just in that area there. So they were taken captive by the Assyrians. And at that time, they were taking the Caucasus, which is near the Caspian Sea, and they started a wander from there. So they split up and went in many different directions. Okay. And that, that's Assyria, A-S-S. Assyria. Right. The Assyrian Empire, like Babylon, for example. Exactly. Which is modern-day Germany. That's where they moved to Germany after. Right. Which is Assyria. The the ancient Assyrians are today the modern-day Germans. Okay. The Germanic tribes Ah, descend from the Assyrians. I see. Okay, yes. So the ten lost tribes that comprise the state of the northern kingdom, rather, of Israel, around 721, 722 B.C., they're taken captive by the Assyrians. So then they escape, essentially, and... It's not that they escape, but over a period of time, they were... Initially, they were thrust out to the outer portions of the empire, namely the Caspian Sea area. Okay. And as Assyria, as a nation, and as an empire started to wane, these tribes took off and started to head northwest and migrate northwest. Okay, so, Jane Steele, where did they go? Well, they ended up in many different places, and so it was the U.K., Parts of Judah and, uh, so Ephraim basically ended up in Great Britain. In the Isles. In the Isles. The British Isles. And so Ephraim today is Britain and. Okay, let's get into some of the So some you've of the got others. Reuben, that's France, modern day France. Uh, Simeon, the Celts and the uh, Jews. Levy. Levy scattered all over. Um, in many different cities. And let me just say this, yeah. that Levy was not promised by his father Jacob a nation, nationhood status. He lost the ability to have nationhood status, and he was scattered amongst his brothers. All right. Okay. Let's continue down the list, Miss Steele. So you've got... Issachar became Switzerland, Swiss, the Swiss Swiss and and the Finns. Finns. Well, do you want to go to Holland, which is Zebulon? Let's go to Zebulon. Zebulon is Holland. Gad is Sweden. You've got Asher is the Scots. Benjamin is uh with the Jews. I guess the Belgium and the Normans is with, it, the Jews. with the Jews but too? Sp- scattered. scattered he didn't get his own yeah. like Judah he didn't get like um uh Levi. Levi he did not was not bequeathed nationhood status all right uh Dan was became the Danes and the Celts and Naphtali the Norwegians all right did we miss what about one? the new world we missed the new world oh we've got okay well, Manasseh became the USA and Ephraim became Britain and also the Commonwealth countries um, are included with Ephraim, and that's Canada, New Zealand, Australia, and Australia. So the ten tribes scattered mm-hmm. around the world. And what? How do we? How do you verify something like that? I mean, we're talking. We're, we're going back, you know, 700 BC. How do you? How do you verify? You know, um, with some of them, for instance, with the Levites and the Kohanim, uh, DNA markers are able to be used. And more and more DNA markers are being used to verify Reuben and some of the major tribes. But there were other many other ways. For instance, uh, uh, culture scientists have been able to study the oral culture, music, musical instruments, coats of arms. For instance, with Ephraim, it's not difficult. You've got the Union Jack is their flag, Jacob. Uh, So the Union Jack, the the flag of of Great Britain, 
the jag, it's called the, the jag, comes from Jacob. Exactly. So it's really their flag is really called Union Israel. Interesting. Well, because uh, now that you mentioned flags, up until the early 70s, the official flag of Northern Ireland, I recall, was this. It was a red hand inside the Star of David. Exactly. So that would lend credence to what you're saying. When you take a look at the the coats of arms, the flags, the national anthems of the countries, cultural scientists use a number, more than two dozen different criteria for studying the tribes as they were before the breach, before the split, and modern-day nations, and language codes, etc. Right, let me jump in here. We'll come yeah. back. We'll continue to delve into the lost and found tribes of Israel. Nelson Thal, media scientist, James Joyce scholar, Miss Jane Steele. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Keeping an eye on the New World Order, this is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. We're discussing the identity of the ten tribes of Israel, the so-called lost tribes of Israel. Of course, in the uh, 8th century B.C., they were taken into captivity by the Assyrians. And then history sort of loses track of the uh, these ten tribes. Uh, Nelson Thal, media scientist, Jane Steele, playwright, researcher, writer, uh, is uh, with us to, describe, to discuss, in fact, the, uh, the whereabouts of the ten tribes. And uh, what we're discovering is that... They essentially settled all over the world. Uh, the tribe of Manasseh, which was one of Joseph's sons, the tribe of Manasseh, uh, they ended up in North America, the New World. And Ephraim, Joseph's other son, ended up in Great Britain. Uh, proof of, as, uh, as, as proof of this, you look at the Union Jack, uh, which is, in fact, the Jack in Union Jack stands for Jacob. So it's the Union of Israel. Which is fascinating. We have uh, other indicators. The, the the flag of Northern Ireland was a red hand inside the Star of David. Now, oh, give us some other examples. You mentioned the the, the Saxons. Well, you know, if someone were to delve into this in depth, they'd find that there's a there's an undebatable amount of information on every one of these nations. So by just singling one or two out tonight. Um, can is it's is it's not the one reason why these are the descendants. I understand, but we need some these examples. Are just, exactly. So For instance, the Saxons. Exactly, Isaac's sons speak are which where the word Saxon came from. Isaac's sons. Okay. The, the the word for the word in Yiddish for Jacob is Yankel. Well, in the United States, the Yankee Doodle. The Yanks. Right, right. This co- is That's where it comes from. Comes from. So they are the children of Jacob. Also, Bereth, Brith from Britain means covenant man. Hmm. Fascinating. Yeah, and and I guess the, 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 this is a big subject, but remember that there's there's the Abrahamic covenant the from covenant Abraham, coming from Abraham, Abraham, right. that because he was prepared to sacrifice his son. He was promised that his children would inherit control of the sea gates of the world, which would give him control of the world. The, right. British, okay. the sun never set on the British Empire. There you go. So, But it seems when, like special status was given to 
Joseph's children, Manasseh and their tribes, jo- jo- Manasseh and Ephraim. And Manasseh becomes the United States, or they, they end up in the United States, and Ephraim ends up in, in Britain. These are two, obviously, right. powerful countries. Why did they get special um, The birthright bless the, the, the total Abrahamic covenant blessing w- w- eventually split into two, one of race and one of grace. Judah's scepter, Joseph's birthright. And we'll get into one was a spiritual blessing to go through the tribe of Judah, mm-hmm. and one was a material blessing to go through the tribe of Joseph. Uh, why was Joseph chosen in the Bible, and why extra was given to Joseph? Because he became the ruler of Egypt, having gone from a slave. He was a special. Uh, he saved uh, Egypt, became the prime minister of Egypt as a result, and saved his family, as you recall the story. Right. So having been able to save his family, save the nation, he was given uh, the birthright blessing, which was originally promised and should have gone to Reuben, who was Jacob's firstborn. But Reuben, we're told, lost that special status. He wasn't cut out of the will totally from the blessings, but he was no longer, the since he was the oldest of the males, it was should have naturally gone to him, but he lost it because he slept with his father's concubine. It's interesting that the man, Reuben, had a problem with uh, carnality, his sexuality, and of course today we have a nation that descends from him and has all those traits in France, which is, I mean, the president of France is known to have a, a, a mistress, right. and it, it doesn't. It, it, the people in the, are, are completely fine with it. That couldn't happen in other countries. So it's interesting to see how the traits of this man, of these brothers, thousands of years ago, are carried down to their nations today. Now, uh, either one of you jump in here, but uh, the other interesting thing that was mentioned was that uh, uh, God made this uh, a promise that, you know, these blessings will be stowed upon you, but if you don't, you know, keep you, the covenant. you don't keep the covenant, then Agreement. I may delay it. I might delay these blessings, and that figures large in history. Explain that. Well, the blessing was actually deferred. Seven times seven, which is there's 360 days in a year at that time, times seven, there's a day for a year principle, which comes out to 2,520 years. So it's somewhere in around 1800 in that time span, the blessing was actually given to Ephraim on and Manasseh right on time. 722 BC yeah. plus the 2,520 years. Means that it, they, uh, that Britain was uh, open and now had the right to be given. The promise was to, that they would get that blessing 2,520 years after going into captivity in 721, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, in 1800 A.D., Britain, which was not a seafaring large nation or a worldwide power, Spain, Portugal, and other nations were. All of a sudden, it maintains and controls the gates of the world, sea gates of the world, which is part of the blessing, part of the promise, right. and takes over and becomes a world power, the first 
truly worldwide power. Well, in Genesis 48:19, Ephraim is to be a multitude of nations, which we can see with the Commonwealth nations ah, that right, are right. incorporated with Britain. You can see Australia, Canada, and Canada being a huge mineral wealthy nation also. And Manasseh was to be a great people. And you can see their military power, and they're very generous with other nations. I mean, if you think about the 19th century, both these countries had huge population explosions. It became very, very wealthy very quickly. So... How and this is all, happen? this is all predicted in the Old Testament. Sure. Well, both So the, the blessing was given to both of these countries, and you can certainly see that that is very true, that it actually happened. So, I mean, at the turn of the 19th century, England burst ahead of all the fellow nations, you know, in virtually every category, really. And that's America, too. You know, human, economic, military, and political endeavors. So, so this is a fulfillment it. of Abraham's, um, the promise of Abraham, the promise, the Abrahamic, pro, the promise made to Abraham. And it's interesting to note that that promise was made approximately 1500 uh, BC, um, that when Paul and when James wrote in the New Testament, his letter that's in the New Testament is addressed to the tribes of Israel scattered abroad, and he sent that letter. So 1,500 years after after Abraham, Paul and James knew where these tribes were. Nelson Thal is with us, media scientist, Jane Steele, playwright, researcher, uh, co-host and producer of Shock Talk with Bloom and Steele, as we're discussing the lost and found tribes of Israel. Now, sitting back, I'm hearing this information. It's fascinating. Uh, to discover where these uh, ten tribes ended up. Uh, but the, the, the big question is then, okay, so what does it matter? What is the significance of this? And, and where I'm going is is I, I want to find out why this is important in terms of what's going on today in the headlines. Well, violence is a quest for identity, Marshall McLuhan said. And to the degree that identities are scrubbed off and lost, you'll become a more violent society. And so we do see a lot of violence in our society. And a lot of it is because we just don't know the nations are not aware of their true identity. It's, and if you're not aware of your true identity, it's going to make it difficult to plan your future and to run your society in a calm and peaceful manner. And so we see a lot of these tribes that have lost their identity are very violent. Namely, Britain and America is very violent. And a number of the other ones are very violent because they've lost their identity. Well, over that time, they've been lost and gentilized. They've lost their identity, so they, and they haven't really been following the covenant, have they? You know, I mean, there's a lot of idolatry and Sabbath breaking. So that's all part of the covenant, and they certainly haven't been doing that. So the blessing is dissolving, it's being taken away. We can see it now. It's Jacob's trouble. So we've lost, Britain has lost, Britain has lost pretty well now. Most of the, there's 12 or 13 sea gates. They're mm-hmm. down to only Gibraltar and the Falklands. They just lost Panama recently, and I believe that Gibraltar might be taken away shortly. And once you, the importance of sea gates is through the control of the sea gates of the world, like the Panama Canal, the Cape of Good Hope, uh, South America, etc., the Malacca Strait. There's there's 12 to 13 sea gates, major sea gates around the world. They were once controlled 
by Britain and America, now they're down to approximately two left. And as they disappear, their ability to maintain control of the world, and as we know, we admit now that Britain's empire has faded, and America is going through the same steps Britain went through, and its empire is about to f- collapse. So the the story of the of the ten tribes, the ten lost tribes of Israel, is all our stories, our collective story. Mm-hmm. Your story, my story, yep. all as Canadians, as Americans, as Britons. As, yeah, we're all part of the part of the lost ten tribes that received this birthright blessing deferred. We were given it in the 1800s. It made for what we are today, the wealth, the power that we got. That all came because of Yahweh, Yahweh's uh, promise to Abraham. But now that promise is uh, is being taken away. That wealth is being taken away because uh, uh, those nations are no longer living according to the covenant. So let, let's move forward then, and, and let's look at the, the, the state of the world, which is, quite frankly, is a mess. I mean, I, I happen to believe that we are on the precipice of a worldwide depression. Uh, despite what you hear in the mainstream uh, news, there has been no real economic recovery. Uh, the United States, uh, the, the Federal Reserve, is pumping $85 billion a month into the economy. People look at the stock market. It's, it appears to be rising, and that's because corporations are laying people off, and their bottom line looks good. Uh, but, you know, the, the job, the, 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 uh, the unemployment rate in the United States is not good. Uh, it's underemployment, chronic underemployment. Um, do you see in, in, let's say, let's look at the economy first of all. Do you see in what's going on in the economy around the world, uh, do you see that foretold in biblical prophecy? The book of Daniel foretells it. Um, Daniel, uh, interpreting Nebuchadnezzar's dream, the first uh, dictator of the world in Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, in interpreting his dream, um, made it clear that at the end time, there would be a, a last empire made up of ten toes, ten kings, ten kingdoms, five in the east, five in the west, and that they would rise and be the final kingdom before the second coming. And that was to be uh, a nation in in Europe, a United States of Europe, would rise up at the end time and be the final world power. Well, it did say it would also be miry clay, so not particularly Iron and miry clay. Iron and miry clay. Um, So it will be shifting a bit. But, I mean, that seems to be coming about. You've got a lot of power in the United uh, European States. I mean, you can almost see that coming together right now. And Britain is apart from that, isn't it? It isn't actually part of that whole union. Correct, right. It's staying separate. Now, in Deuteronomy um, 28.13, it talks about England being the head and not the tail. And that would be being the lender, not the borrower. And then later on it says that it will be reversed. Well, but it obviously starts it doesn't to become mention. the tail. So but it doesn't mention England specifically in Deuteronomy. But, what does it call it? What does Deuteronomy um, refer to England as? Let me just see what it as? says. Um, it actually, well, it's Israel. It, it, it is Israel. It's Israel. But Israel, okay, so that's part of the ten tribes. We're talking about the ten ten tribes here. So it's going to be reversed when they are disobedient and not really following the covenant laws. So we can see that happening now, both in Manasseh and Ephraim. 
All right, let's take a time out. The Lost and Found Tribes of Israel, Nelson Thal, Jane Steele, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Corporations, governments, and sometimes entire civilizations, what goes up must come down. And it lands on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Nelson Thal and Jane Steele in studio talking about the lost and found tribes of Israel. And uh, I guess the takeaway from this is we are all the, the, uh, the lost tribes of Israel. Yeah, and I think it's important to realize that there's only 70 tribes on the planet, of which 13 are the descendants of Abraham. Right. So when when when, when you're looking at biblical prophecy in the Bible, and when it talks about Israel, what is meant by Israel is not the modern state of Israel necessarily, it's, not it's the United States, it's Great Britain, it's France. Now, I want to go back to, we were talking about evidence that these lost tribes settled, settled in places like England, and so Ephraim is Great Britain. Uh, there's another interesting artifact in England most of us may not be aware of, and that is where the the queen or the king is um, the, crowned, the throne of England. There's an interesting artifact that's part of that throne. It's called the Stone of Scone. What is that? Well, the old coronation chair, which is kept at Westminster Abbey in London, under which all the kings of Ireland, Scotland, and England have been coronate, coronated, have been crowned. The coronation chair is basically a chair built on top of the stone of scone so that the monarch is sitting on the stone of scone. If you go to Westminster Abbey, you'll see a sign and it says that the stone of scone is Jacob's pillar stone. So the throne of David is the English throne and the all the English monarchs have been crowned on the stone of Scone, and that's the pillar stone that Jacob w- uh, had in the desert when he had his famous dream of the angels moving up and down to heaven, and he took that stone with him wherever he went, and it was where the, all the kings of Israel, the kings not of Judah, but the kings of Israel were crowned. Well, the king of Judah as well so was. Um, certainly David's throne was on was on that. So well, it's further evidence sorry, then that, that Ephraim... Uh, More evidence. Migrated to Great Britain. Right. Jacob's pillar is was, now in England, and it is basically part of the throne of England. It was Jacob's pillow when he had his uh, Jacob's ladder, ladder dream. In, right. You know, in not uh, Genesis. Now the queen is directly relate, related to King David. She descends from the line of David. From the line of David, and um, so imagine you've got this stone. Under the coronation chair. I mean, that's that's pretty big evidence, isn't it? And it's been moved around several times. So after 700 years, it's supposed to be returned to Scotland. That's where it's supposed to be right now. Yeah, it was moved this yeah. to Scotland. It was okay. moved to Scotland. Uh, 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 yeah. you and, we did a show on it, you and I. Yeah. Okay. What's the significance ago? of it moving from England to Scotland? Well, what's interesting is it went originally from King Zedekiah, the last king of Judah. Uh, Jeremiah and the daughter Teatefi brought the Stone of Scone to Ireland in approximately uh, 585 B.C. 
And then from Ireland, they, all the kings, it stayed there about a, about a thousand years. All the kings of Ireland were crowned on it. Then it was moved to Scotland and then it was moved back to, to, to London. And scholars believe that the route it took coming from Jerusalem is the same route it will take back because when, uh, when Christ returns at the second coming, he will sit on that throne. So that throne will have to be brought back to Jerusalem. So things- the fact that it was moved in our era, uh, a few months before the Lady Diana assassination, yeah. was interesting that it, that it hadn't been moved for a thousand years before that. I want to go back to something else that, that, that uh, uh, I think you pointed out, Jane. And that is that we talked about the, the ten tribes... Uh, the northern kingdom of Israel, being taken into captivity by the Assyrian Empire, mm-hmm. the Babylonians, in 722 B.C. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned that the Assyrians uh, would later become modern-day Germany. That's correct. Explain, because people are thinking, wait wait a minute, Assyria, I think of Assyria, that's uh, modern-day Iraq, uh, and Germany, of course, the center of Europe. So uh, I, I don't understand that discrepancy. Well, they moved into the area that is currently Germany, and that's where the Assyrians are right now. So that's where their tribe went. Okay, so they so modern-day Germany is, is made really of... ancient Assyria. Ah, okay. So there's some an, another interesting uh, aspect in the Bible that talks about the rod, God's rod, being used to uh, you know chastise Israel when they don't follow the covenant. Well, it happened before when they were taken into captivity by Assyria and it probably will happen again. Duality of the Bible. There's a lot of duality and you can really see the rise of Assyria, I mean of Germany, modern day Germany, right now before us in a very, very short time from World War II. And we've had two major wars, Britain and America, with Germany. So, I mean, that sort of gives you a historical feeling about... So God determined was determined to use Assyria as the rod yes. to chastise Israel. Mm-hmm. He did it in 721 with the Assyrian mm-hmm. Empire taking the, the ten tribes into captivity. Then he used the Germans, who were in fact the Assyrians, in two world wars. This time, though, when he's, chast- when he's using the Assyrians to chastise Israel, it's Germany versus England, France, Canada, the United States the ten lost tribes of Israel. It's starting to make sense. (laughs) So what about um, the infiltration of the government in the USA? uh, It's been infiltrated. By the Assyrians. By the the, uh, Assyrians. Waffen-SS. Do you want to call it that? All right, let's take a time out. We'll come back. Nelson Thal, Jane Steele, the lost and found tribes of Israel. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Loose lips sink ships, and sometimes corporations. Got something to say? Call Richard Serrett now at 416-360-0740. Welcome back. Nelson Thal remains in studio along with Jane Steele. We discuss, as we're discussing the identity of the uh, the ten tribes of Israel, the lost and found tribes of Israel. So, uh, again, it's important to reinforce that whenever the Bible, whenever prophecy talks about Israel. They're not talking about the modern state of Israel. They are talking about the ten tribes of Israel which were scattered around the world and settled in places like England, the United States, France. 
not only settled, but uh, were inherited the nationhood status that they had been promised. Right. Okay. So I, w- I want to get into – In other words, they became nations. Ephraim became the nation right. of Britain. Right. Manasseh became the nation of America. I want to get into, into end times uh, yeah. prophecy. Uh, let's start with a definition. What is one of the, the terms that is often associated with the beginning of the end times is Jacob's troubles. What does what does that mean? That comes out of Jeremiah 30, and basically it's a time of trouble on the nations of Judah and Israel. So, in other words, not just the ten lost tribes, but the thirteen tribes, the right. house of Judah and the house of Israel, and it's because of their covenant breaking, they're to go once again into captivity and be disciplined and punished severely by going into slavery once again like they were in Egypt. But again, when when we're talking about the, the tribes of Israel, we're not talking about necessarily the modern state of Israel. We're talking about Canada, the United States, England, right? France, Netherlands, etc., etc. All the the the, All of the, the, tribes the 13 tribes. Right. The 13 tribes. Jacob's trouble is on the 13 tribes to come down on all 13 tribes and their nations. So when is this to begin? Or, or are well, we it's in beginning fact now. Ge- Look at it. Look what's happening in the United States. I mean, they've got martial law about the. We're, they're all worried about martial law and and the the uh, fascism that's moving in the United States. Well, and, you've got the gun tr- control. You've got weather conditions that are just the camps. You know, we've never seen that type of uh, catastrophic weather conditions that we have around the world. Well, what is you know, the it, droughts, the floods, the hurricanes, the I mean, we've just got everything going on. We've got uh, the economic growth has almost stopped. Unemployment, small businesses closing down. But, but it's people terrible. could say that we've seen this before. Uh, we had the dirty 30s and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, what well, specifically? Well, after 200 years, 250 years of having been given the blessing, it's not going to. It's going to be taken away not overnight. It's going to be taken over a period of of years, and certainly um, after 250 years, from 1800 through to the end of the the 20th century, um, the birthright blessing is slowly being taken away more by more by more, and uh, it caused. Two world wars, as mm-hmm. as Germany was being used to discipline uh, the British and American peoples, and uh, it continues today. And all these uh, events are forecasted in in the Book of Deuteronomy. I think we can also talk about Jacob's trouble as not necessarily being totally negative, because I mean it's going to be a very severe time. But they shall be saved out. But of they. It. I, so I, I want to sort of. Um, give a little bit of a positive note in there. Yeah. So, you know, just to not make it seem so horrible, because Jacob's trouble will last for 1,260 days. So about three and, and a half years. Exactly. That's during the last half of the tribulation. That's after all of these events have taken place. It's going to be really, really tough. But, you know, there's going to be a time when everybody will be saved out of it. So there's good news. No, but a halfway, there has to be good news. Yes, absolutely. But halfway through the Jacob's troubles, three and a half years in, we have mm-hmm. the emergence of this Antichrist right. figure. So that's the cancellation of the peace treaty. The seven-year peace well, treaty canceled halfway well, we have through. To, right. The Holy Temple will be rebuilt in Jerusalem. And uh, what's going to happen Start there the holy, is the I mean, there's going to be a sacrifice. The sacrifices and, will, con- will yep. begin again. 
in these, Jerusalem. These are signs of the emergence of this Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the, the building of the Third Temple, of course, the Second Temple Britain was destroyed in 1870. Britain and America will go into captivity. Britain and America will go into captivity. Exactly. They'll disappear. Europe will become a world. Europe will be the new world power. The Mm -hmm. Caesar will rise again. The the Holy Roman Empire is rising and taking down the House of Judah and the House of Israel. But when one looks at the situation in Europe, I mean, Mike, they're a basket case in terms of their their their, their economies and so forth. Well, the, there are people the talking about the European is, Union breaking up, and you're well, saying that they're going to emerge even stronger. Prophecy says they're going to become very strong and eventually form a superpower nation with what's called the King of the North, mm-hmm. and all that will be left on the face of geopolitics on the world scale will be the King of the North versus the King of the South. And those are in relationship to Jerusalem. Well, they'll so, be divided up into ten kings also. So when you're saying the countries appear the to be falling apart, they will actually be made up maybe of kingdoms. Kingdoms, right? Like so areas, larger disappear. areas. Yes. The nations can disappear, but the kingdoms will rise in power once again. We're really in Canada a kingdom. We're a mm-hmm. colony of Great Brit- of Britain, and the head of state here is the British Queen, the Queen of Canada. So we're really a monarch, a parliamentary monarch. Our monarchy is not going to be powerful. We're on the wane, as we can see. Right. right. But but the other kingdoms of Europe, the monarchies of Europe, are growing in power. And remember. The power is the ability to remain invisible. The more visible you are in the media as a monarch, the the weaker you are. The more the most powerful monarch is King Juan Carlos. If his kids go to Las Vegas, you aren't going to read about it. Okay, so we have the the uh, emergence of this antichrist figure. When is he going to make his uh, appearance on the world stage? And 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 in from what? Area will he come from in terms of background? Will he be uh, a politician? Will he be, uh, um, you know, a, a member of the United Nations? Will he be uh, uh, one of the crown crown princes of Europe? Where will he come from? Well, you know, what happens is very, very clear, and that is we have the rise of a Caesar once again. Remember the old Holy Roman Empire, not the new one, the old Roman Empire. What happened is you had the Caesar claiming to be God. And Daniel's dream says we're going to have a last world empire. And with that world empire, the new Holy Roman Empire, you're going to have a Caesar emerge and a false prophet. And when when Rome fell, the office of the Caesar went into the papacy and became the papacy. And the papacy is the ruler and the representative of the god of this world. So... Do you believe then that the Antichrist will will he be uh, a, a politician? Will well, he be? Prophecy isn't right clear. It, it is totally clear. clear. They don't. It doesn't say w- what his profession will be, but when he rises, you'll know it. So we don't know what career he's going to come out of, but, but, but he, we know he's going to come. I guess what uh, you have to do, and I think this is what we have to watch out for the signposts, and I think that's really important. It does specifically and clearly state that there will be a peace treaty that there will be, the temple will be rebuilt and that they will resume the sacrifice. So 
I guess following the signpost to see if these events will occur before the abomination of desolation, before the Antichrist appears There's and the prophet. There's a good booklet, the 14 so signs. The 14 signs. So you have to kind of keep an eye on what's happening in the, on the world stage. Well, one thing we do know, I, if, I, if I'm correct, is that the Antichrist will convince the Christians that he is the Messiah. He will convince the Jews that he is the Messiah. He will convince the Muslims that he is the is it the twelfth Imam. He will convince all these different religious groups. He will convince the the Buddhists that he is the compassionate Buddha. So this to me, it doesn't sound like he's going to be a politician. He's going to be a a religious spiritual figure. figure. If he's able to convince everybody that he is the whatever their messiah is, that he's that person. Yeah, Eric Phelps calls it the Babylonian messiah is going to is going to rise. But also, isn't there a melding of religion and government now? Isn't it all sort of becoming one? I mean, there seems to be a falling falling away from the the Holy Roman Empire Church, you know, I mean, they're all being exposed now. So are they changing and transmogrifying into a whole new religion, which is, it's like a, a government world religion mixed together? I mean, I'm wondering if that's happening. So could it be a political leader or even a spiritual leader that is a political leader at the same time? Right. Is right. that possible? Certainly. Anything's possible, I guess, at this point. So how far, uh, I mean, do you believe that the Antichrist is now, you know, walking this earth and he's he's just yet to step forward and proclaim himself? Oh, I believe he's on the planet sure. now. Yeah, somewhere. So how close then are we to the beginning of the tribulation? Well, that's a really good question. Yeah. I don't think you can... Prophecy wasn't designed to give us the ability to pinpoint. Mm-hmm. If the master knew when the thief was going to arrive, he wouldn't stay up and yeah. remain awake and alert. So we're not given the exact times. But you can see, Christ said, you can read the signs of the sky in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. red sky at night, sailor take like. But how is it you don't understand the signs of the times? You can see the movements of the signs of the times and the necessary things in order for this to take place and we are very very close it may be 20 remember we're given 6,000 years mankind was given 6,000 years after 6,000 years once you get into the time of the end of statistics doing a a two-tail test you're looking at one percent of 6,000 is 60 years it could be the next 30 years 40 years it could be 20 years we don't know but it's not Far away. This is to culminate in the Battle of Armageddon. Explain what that is. I mean, Armageddon the kings of the earth. Is, is an actual valley in Israel, but this is not to be a battle. This is to be a gathering place, from what I understand. It's, there's no Battle of Armageddon. It's a gathering in Armageddon. But what is it to take place during this Battle of Armageddon? Well, I think basically that battle is all the armies of the world will get together, and they're going to be battling Christ. So it'll I be mean, Christ and his angels. That's right. And they're going to, of course, be uh, made to believe that they're aliens, perhaps. That's an interesting, you know, uh, I mean, an interesting theory. Explain that. that. Explain that. I mean, if you wanted people to get together and fight, wouldn't you create an alien invasion? Isn't that what everyone's always talking about? To not have people really think about what's really happening. You give them a diversion. So get them thinking about aliens. Do the aliens really exist? So, in other words, Christ and his army of angels mm-hmm. will be led to believe that those are 
aliens invading. Possibly. Right. Well, the Bible Possibly. says the kings of the earth sure. are being gathered together at the Battle of Armageddon to go to war with Christ yeah. and his angels at his mm-hmm. coming. So mankind will be led to believe mm-hmm. that Christ is an alien, exactly. an enemy alien coming to take sure. over the world. And so the aliens that we're seeing are the setup to get mankind ready to believe that Christ is the enemy alien. You know, I'm going to go back and uh, read uh, parts of the Bible with a, a whole new perspective. The lost and found tribes of Israel. We're all the, the lost tribes of Israel. That's my takeaway from this. This is yeah, fascinating. Right. Nelson Thal, thank you. Jane Steele, thank you. Been a real pleasure. It's Thanks very real, much. It's been great. Thank you. Back next week, James Eugenio joins me for uh, episode four in our ongoing series on JFK. Tim Spreen, thanks for production. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.